Well, now we're gonna turn to our, our story, the story that we began last week. Now this month, we're, we're making our way through a three-week sermon series called My Cup Runneth Over. Now each Sunday in this series, we're walking very slowly through a, a, one of the most important stories in all of the Bible, a story that comes to us from the book of Genesis, the story of a moment when a, an elderly couple named Abraham and Sarah received three strangers, three visitors at their tent. Go ahead and listen this morning. Listen for God's voice as our friend Naomi tells us the next part of this story. And Abraham hastened into the tent of Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three meals, three, three measure of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran into the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds of milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. Oh, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So years and years ago, I was serving a little country church. And that little country church was filled with the most beautiful congregation of people you could ever hope to meet. The people in that church were warm and they were lighthearted and they were compassionate. They loved to laugh and give hugs on a Sunday morning. It was exactly the kind of church that a lot of people are hoping hoping someday to find. The only problem was that little church wasn't easy to find. It was set back off the road a ways and it was hidden behind a screen of trees so that you could drive past that little country church day after day after day and never know that it was there. And as a result, that beautiful little congregation hardly ever got to welcome guests. They hardly ever got to show hospitality to visitors on a Sunday morning. But then one Sunday, something happened that got people in that little country church really excited. One Sunday morning, a couple showed up out in the pews, a couple who nobody in the church had ever met before. And you could feel a crackle of energy and excitement all through worship as people snuck glances over their shoulders and checked out the new people who had come to worship with us that day. After worship, I went and I introduced myself to the, the couple and they told me their story. They said, well, we're newly retired. We just moved to the area and we're looking for a church home. We're looking for a, a warm and lighthearted and compassionate church. And I said, well, that's exactly what you found. And I hope that you'll be back next week. And they came back the next Sunday. And they were back again the Sunday after that. And they were back again the Sunday after that. And then finally, after they'd been coming for a few weeks and people had had a chance to get to know them, finally, they started letting people know that they were ready to join the church. They had decided to become members of the congregation. People were so excited. People were over the moon. I, as the pastor of the church, was excited to, to be able to finally welcome some new members to this beautiful church family. And then the strangest thing happened. One Sunday, that new couple just stopped showing up. One Sunday, I looked out over the pews and they weren't there and they weren't there again the next Sunday and they weren't there again the Sunday after that. They, they disappeared. And so finally, I rang them up on the phone. I gave them a call and I said, hi, it's, it's the pastor. I'm just, just calling to check and make sure that everything is okay. We miss you. And the couple, they answered the phone and they put me on speakerphone so they both could talk to me. And they said, well, preacher, they said, everything is okay on our end, but I suppose that we should probably tell you why we haven't been around lately and why we won't be joining the church after all. 
They said the first Sunday after we let people know that we wanted to join the church, we parked our car at the far end of the parking lot as we arrived at the church for worship. And we got out of our car and immediately, as soon as we got out of our car, we were greeted by the chair of the Staff Parish Relations Committee. And the Staff Parish Relations Committee chair said to us, I am so excited that you're going to be joining the church. We sure could use some new members on the Staff Parish Relations Committee. And then before we had got three more steps across the parking lot, we were greeted by the chair of the Finance Committee. And the chair of the Finance Committee said, I am so excited that you're going to join our church family. We sure could use some new members on the Finance Committee. And then we were greeted by somebody who said, I just heard that you're going to be joining the church. I am so glad that you're going to be members of the church. Do you have any grandchildren who you could bring with you to worship? It has been so long since we've had children running around the church. They said, Preacher, by the time we had got all the way across the parking lot and reached the front door, it felt like we had been mugged by half of the people in the church. We'd been invited to join six different committees, and we'd been told that we were going to be expected to bring a dessert to the next church potluck. It was exhausting. And somewhere in between the car and the front door, what had initially felt like warmth and compassion and hospitality started to feel like desperation. And by the time we reached the front door of the church, we were feeling more than a little overwhelmed. And by the time worship was over, we decided that this just wasn't what we were looking for. It wasn't what we had signed up for. And we were going to keep on looking for a new church home. It was hard for me to hear. It was heartbreaking for the people in the congregation to learn that they weren't going to get to welcome new members after all. All of us that day learned an important lesson. We learned a difficult lesson that day. What we learned that day is that hospitality is hard. We learned that hospitality is hard because hospitality has to be genuine or it's not really hospitality at all. We learned that if we welcome people out of selfish interest, if we welcome people because of what we think they can do for us, or if we welcome people out of a sense of obligation because the pastor told us that we have to be friendly to new people on Sunday morning, if we welcome people out of anything other than genuine hospitality, genuine compassion and love, people are going to pick up on that. And we'll end up pushing away the very people we're trying to welcome into the church family. And the reason that hospitality is so hard is that inevitably, in the way that we welcome people, we reveal our motivations and we show people our heart. Maybe that's why God sent three strangers to visit Abraham and Sarah. Maybe God sent those three strangers to Abraham and Sarah's tent because God wanted to see exactly what was in Abraham's heart. All through the three weeks of this sermon series, we're following this one story from the Hebrew Bible. This one story of a moment when three traveling strangers showed up at the tent of a couple named Abraham and Sarah. Now, last Sunday, we heard the beginning of this story. Last Sunday, we heard that as Abraham was sitting out in the shade in front of his tent one day, he saw three strangers approaching his tent. And if you want to understand what happens next in this story, then here's the thing you've got to know. 4,000 years ago, in the time of Abraham and Sarah, there was no Motel 6. 4,000 years ago, in the time of Abraham and Sarah, there was no Holiday Inn. 
And so if you had to take a long journey, if you wanted to take your goods to a faraway market or if you wanted to visit grandma for the holidays, you might be on the road for days or even weeks at a time. And all that time you were on the road, the only food you had to eat, the only shelter you found was what you received through the kindness of strangers. And so 4,000 years ago, before there was a Motel 6 or a Holiday Inn or a Red Roof Inn, there was, there was a code of the road that said whenever strangers, whenever travelers showed up at your home, whenever they showed up at your tent, you were obligated, you were duty-bound to offer them hospitality because you never knew when you might be the wandering stranger in need of a bite to eat. And so when Abraham saw those three travelers approaching his tent, he did what he was supposed to do. He jumped up and he hurried out to meet them. And when Abraham arrived at the, the three strangers where they were standing there by the side of the road, he bowed down low to the ground. And he said, come and sit in the shade by my tent for a little while. Let me bring out some water and wash your feet. Let me bring out a little bread for you to eat and then you can go along on your way. Now, when Abraham said those words, when he made that invitation, those three strangers would have breathed a deep sigh of relief. For the first time, maybe in hours, maybe even in days, they would have relaxed and let their guard down. Now, back in those days, traveling was a, a dangerous business. There were wild animals and there were bandits to worry about. The whole time you were walking along the road, you were constantly scanning for an ambush and looking back over your shoulder to see if someone was going to try to attack you and rob you. But the code of the road said that when you were invited as a guest to somebody's tent, that was when you could let your guard down because as soon as you were a guest in someone's tent, you were under their protection. When Abraham welcomed those three strangers to come and sit at his tent, he was also saying to them, you are safe in this place. As long as you are my guest, nobody's going to try to run you out of town. And if anybody tries to attack you and rob you, I and my family and all of my servants will defend you with our very lives. And so when Abraham gave those three travelers his invitation, they breathed a deep sigh of relief and they relaxed maybe for the first time in many days. They accepted Abraham's invitation and then they went to sit in the shade in front of his tent. And then Abraham did something that might seem a little strange if you don't know the code of the road. You might remember that when Abraham first spoke to the three strangers out by the road, he didn't offer them very much in the way of hospitality. He only said, let me go and bring out a little bit of bread for you to eat. Now that's exactly what the code of the road demanded him to do. Back in those days, the expectations were that, that the host would set the bar low and he would lower everybody's expectations at the beginning of one of these visits. Abraham knew that that was what he was supposed to say. The three strangers knew that that was what Abraham was, to, was supposed to say. Let me go and get you just a little bread. But the three strangers also knew that what really mattered was what happened next. See, if a, if a host was a poor man, or if he was just having a bad day and was feeling grumpy and didn't actually want visitors at his tent, then all he had to do was exactly what he said he would do. All he has to do is go into his tent and then come back out with just a little bit of bread. And when he puts that bread in front of the, the travelers who are visiting his tent, they'll get the message. They'll see that little bit of bread and they will know that, that it's time for them to move on. They shouldn't overstay their welcome. 
they would eat a few crumbs of bread and then they would get up and they would be on their way. And the three strangers knew that, that they would know how welcome they were in that place based on whether or not Abraham came out of the tent with just a little bit of bread or with a great big banquet feast of food. Now, if Abraham had been having a bad day, if he just wanted the shade in front of his tent back to himself, then all he had to do was go into the bread box and pull out a couple crusty heels of bread, bring them out on a plate and serve them to his guests, and they would hurry on and he wouldn't be bothered by their presence anymore. But that's not what Abraham does. Instead, Abraham goes into the tent and he says, Sarah, fire up the oven because we've got some cooking to do. And then Sarah begins baking bread. She bakes loaf after loaf after loaf of bread. She keeps on baking until she has used up an entire year's worth of flour. And meanwhile, Abraham goes out behind the tent and he slaughters a calf and he fires up the grill. And then finally, Abraham walks back out of the tent, not with just a little bit of bread like he had promised, but with a great big platter loaded down with fresh baked bread and sizzling steaks and pitchers of milk and mountains of cheese. And the Bible doesn't tell us this part of the story. But back in those days, one of the most important moments in this encounter between Abraham and Sarah and the three strangers would have been the moment when Abraham came out of the tent with a pitcher of water and three cups. He would have placed those three cups in front of the three visitors. And then while they were watching, he would have poured water into each of their cups. And as he did this, the three strangers would have watched very carefully how Abraham poured the water into the cups because the way he poured the water had meaning that communicated a message. If Abraham were to pour just a swallow of water into each of those cups, then he would be saying to those three strangers, it's okay that you're here, but I'd like for you to finish your meal and move along now. If Abraham filled each of those cups all the way up to the brim, he would be saying, you really are welcome here. I'm glad you came by today and you're welcome to stay for a while. Go ahead and, and stay tonight and, and tell stories around the campfire. You can pitch a tent next to my tent. You can even sleep in my guest bedroom. And then in the morning, you can be on your way. But if Abraham filled each cup all the way up to the brim and then kept on pouring, if he poured and he poured and he poured until water was flowing and running all over the surface of the table, then Abraham would be saying to those three strangers something very different. He would be saying to those three travelers, you are welcome here. You are no longer strangers. You are no longer guests or visitors, but you, as far as I am concerned, are members of the family. And what belongs to me now belongs to you. What is mine is yours. My house is your house. My home is your home. Stay for as long as you would like to stay. And I will lay down my life to protect you for as long as you are here. Can you just picture Abraham pouring water into each of those cups? Can you picture him pouring water all the way up to the top of the cup and then continuing to pour and pour until water was splashing all over the table, the whole time looking into the eyes of each of those three strangers as if to say, you are truly welcome here. I'm welcoming you not because I feel like I have to, not because someday I'm worried that I might be the one in need of a little crust of bread. I am welcoming you here because you are truly welcome in my home. In the way that Abraham welcomes those three strangers, he reveals his own motivations and he shows them his heart. And I wonder if at this point you've made the connection between this story 
in the words that we spoke just a few moments ago in worship. I wonder if you have made the connection between this story and the code of the road and the 23rd Psalm that we said just a few minutes ago. And maybe by now some of you have suddenly experienced a deeper understanding of what the 23rd Psalm is trying to tell us when it talks about a God who sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. When the 23rd Psalm talks about a God who sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies, the 23rd Psalm is saying to us that we, we who are weary, we who are worn out and dusty from traveling a long journey on a hard road, we who feel like we are surrounded by enemies and filled with anxiety can take a deep breath and finally relax because we have found our way to the table of the Lord and we are under God's protection. And I wonder if maybe you have now made the connection between the story of Abraham and the three visitors and the thing that Psalm 23 is trying to tell us when it talks about a God who fills our cup until our cup runneth over. When the 23rd Psalm tells us about a God who fills our cup until our cup overflows, the 23rd Psalm is telling us that we are welcome in God's house, not out of a sense of obligation. God doesn't welcome us because of anything that God feels like we can do for God, but God welcomes us because we are truly welcome. God pours and pours water into our cup until there's water running all over the table and then God keeps on running so we will know that God would lay down God's life for us and we are welcome to stay in the house of the Lord forever if we want. God, God's heart and God's motivations are what we see in the 23rd Psalm when it talks about the table that God sets and the cup that God pours. And the only question remaining to ask is, are we following in Abraham and Sarah's footsteps? Are we showing generosity to the God who is generous to us? Are we pouring out a full cup of water to the God who fills our cup until it overflows? Or have we been giving God just a little bit of bread and a swallow of water in the cup? When we pray, do we only pray when we put our head on the pillow at night and then do we forget about God when we rise in the morning? Do we show up for worship just often enough that the pastor doesn't get worried and call to see if we're still alive? When we give, do we give just enough that we don't feel guilty about how much we're giving? When we serve, do we serve just enough so we can look ourselves in the mirror and believe that we're good people? When we witness, do we witness just enough that people know that we're Christians, but not enough that people know Christ? Are we generous with the God who is generous to us? Let's pray. God, we give you thanks because you pour and you pour and you pour and you pour. We give you thanks for the peace that we find at your table, the shelter we receive in your house. We give you thanks for the table you have set and the welcome you have given us. God, we give you thanks for the example of generosity that we find in the 23rd Psalm. God, we rejoice because in that Psalm, we see your heart. We discover that you 
welcome us. Not because you have to, but because you are made of love. God, we pray that as you pour out your generosity over us, you would work a transformation in our hearts. That we would be generous with each other and that we would be generous with you. In the name of Jesus, who invites us to his table, we pray. Amen.